Welcome to 28ish. We're a podcast dedicated to making space for menstrual cycles, cyclical living, divine feminine power, and everything in between. We get into the details of periods, hormones, cycle tracking, feminine business prowess, and every other aspect of being a bleeding person. I'm your host, Carrie McKinnon. I'm a menstruality mentor and the CEM, Chief Executive Menstruator at 28ish. Be sure to check us out at 28ish.com to see our cycle tracking art and feel free to leave us a comment letting us know what cycle day you're on. Thanks for listening and remember, your cycle is more than your period. Hello, today we're speaking with Dr. Beck Cohen. Dr. Hohen is a Los Angeles-based board-certified acupuncturist and herbalist who specializes in supporting women's wellness and fertility. She also gets into things like digestive disorders, stress, and hormonal imbalances, and she is often referred to as the baby builder from her patients. She's super aligned with everything that we're doing here at 28ish, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Let's go. All right, Dr. Hohen, <laughs> we're kicking things off. <laughs> we're diving right in here. This is a here big a big podcast opener. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to 28-ish. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Can you tell our listeners where you're coming from today, where they're hearing your voice from? I am an LA-based fertility doctor, and I practice acupuncture, herbal medicine, and precision medicine there. Amazing. In Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Are you from Los Angeles? No, I'm actually from a a a tiny island in the Canadian border on the East Coast. So a big connection to nature there and balance in nature. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, you are sometimes called the baby builder, aren't you? <laughs> Can you, you tell yeah. us about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I started practicing Chinese medicine around, let's see. So I got a fertility specialty around 2017. I started practicing acupuncture around 2014. Um, when I started practicing fertility acupuncture, um, I was referred to as a baby maker a lot. So we had a lot of moms and now we've been in it for long enough that we're now working on baby number twos with a lot of families, which is lovely because I get to enjoy being a family maker instead of just a baby maker. So there's just a little bit of a change in the distinction there, but it's a great honor. That is very cool. And do you have like a clinic that you're working with people in? I have my own office. It's called Mighty River Wellness. It's in the heart of a little neighborhood called Toluca Lake. And I have a full custom pharmacy there. And I work with tinctures and granules and um, acupuncture as well. Very cool. So is your approach with Eastern medicine, like kind of a holistic approach in the sense that someone comes to you, they might be experiencing fertility issues and you're going all in with acupuncture and your tinctures and granular medicine, granular, <laughs> granular formulas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Granular formulas. 
Um, that's a great question. So I think that, um, the acupuncture and the herbs are just kind of petals to this really beautiful flower that is somebody's life. Right. So my goal is to be more transformational than just a traditional doctor who's just going to go in there and do one intervention. Um, so each week when somebody comes into our program, um, we do what we call accelerators. So we'll do, um, a lesson on a little different thing that they can change in their lives. Um, so that they can restore a little bit more of life in balance. Um, so for example, we had talked about before, um, we do a lot of nutrition therapy at my office and the herbs and the acupuncture amplify the energetics of where somebody is in their cycle. So based on the cycle day, we'll do a different point selection and a different herbal formula to support them the best. I'm, I'm smiling hearing that. <laughs> I'm smiling hearing that you're literally the first person I've spoken to that has said that based on their cycle day, we do this. Like, yes, holy crap. Yeah. Very nice to meet you, Dr. Yeah. Helen. That's Hi. exciting. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? Hi. <laughs> As I told you, I've been talking to doctors, amazing doctors. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I hear often, not just from a patient perspective, but from like naturopath doctors who have like left traditional medicine practices because of the kind of constraints that are on them in terms of how they're working with people, um, you know, is that, that that system is flawed and that our, well, I'm summarizing here and putting my own thing, our cyclical nature is not really honored. And yeah. in the cycle awareness community, we're always kind of like, why the hell when you go to a doctor, are they not evaluating symptoms and what you're experiencing in relation to where you're at in your cycle? So can you, uh, this is, I'm, you're blowing my mind that that's like what you do, <laughs> that you're leading with that. Yeah. I mean, well, the medicine is not set up to honor, to your point, like the medicine is not set up to, to honor somebody's cycle day and the, the energetics and the nutrients and the um, rest and activity that they need. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, in Chinese medicine, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the show too, is that um, in Chinese medicine, it's very womb wisdom, so to speak, to look at the cycle like seasons. So Right. We have the yin and the yang of either side of that ovulation time. Okay. So the yin side is the first phase is more about planning and preparing and restorative. So there's a lot of blood loss. The lining is, sh is shedding. We want to treat that like the winter of our cycle, right? Okay. So if we were just a little seed under the soil, we would just be planning and preparing. This is a time where you're kind of organizing how you're going to set yourself up for a better cycle um, and strategically eating foods like bone broth, salty foods, kombus, congees, things like that. Which cycle days would this relate to? So this would be around wow. the time that you're bleeding. So it would okay. be cycle day one, the first day of your flow until yeah. around cycle day four or five. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then you move into the spring. So yep. in the spring, there's this huge event that, um, nobody talks about how cool ovulation is, right? It's like the most <laughs> exciting, it's miraculous. <laughs> it's the time. But if you were to take that Taiji symbol from Chinese medicine and you were to lay it on its side, you would perfectly see a balanced yin and yang, right? Yeah. So 
that curvature, that transition from this yin restful time to this outpouring and breaking through the soil to move into summer is really, really exciting, but it's a, it's a very powerful energetics. So we want to watch what happens in spring. We want to watch what happens in our lives in spring, right. In that part of the month cycle day. So So around that time, we're going to see our bodies are completely changing. There's another whole entire hormonal system in progress. So, so, um, so that's cycle day, let's say cycle day four, five to 11, 10, 11, like that, right? Totally. And that part. So like, that's the, that inner spring for me, I experience it as a time of great curiosity. I'm an inner spring right now. Um, a lot of curiosity, like I'll go way out of my way to do things in a way that I don't normally do them or try to learn things. And I'm also quite susceptible to like purchasing things that I don't really need later in my cycle. (laughs) Seriously. So like, I know, like, do not buy coaching in inner spring or you be really angry a week later when you're like, I don't need that. Yeah. You needed, (laughs) you needed those driving mocks for sure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, I all kidding aside. It's actually, you do your, your, your hormones are signaling that you have more bravado, right? So it's easier to make decisions. You're more courageous, um, during that, what you call an inner spring. So it's a really exciting, I mean, if you think about spring is like, it's a turn, it's like the beginning of something really exciting and new, right? So that's what it's like in your cycle in Chinese medicine. Okay. Yeah. So then we move into summer where we have this in Chinese medicine, the, the energetics are outward, right? So it's all of this yang. So where yin is very estrogenic and proliferative and it's the, the deep, deep planning of winter Mm -hmm. yang is out all about execution. It's all about outward energy and the sun and yang and all of its brightness. And it's really an exciting time, but it's hard to digest a lot of the foods that we would be able to tolerate in winter. So we want to stay with light, fresh foods that are full of water during this time. Mm, Okay. Great. And then the last piece, obviously in the late part of the luteal phase, right? So this is again, yang is when progesterone is most in concert. And then in late, the late uh, luteal phase, when um, you're in the autumnal earth element, right? So this is when we start reaping and harvesting our crops and the, the plant is coming in from harvest. If you think about it in terms of seasons, yep. Earth seasons. Yep. Yeah. And we think about the lining shedding, right? All of the hormones switch off at the end of the cycle and the luteal phase and we get ready for winter again. Yeah. And how, how would you nurture or prescribe that phase for your patients? Um, uh, again, I go into, I, I'm a big, um, I'm from the East coast. So I love, <laughs> I'm a soups and stews person. So I would use, um, a lot of things that we think about like butternut squashes, mm-hmm. um, pumpkin, um, all of these kind of gourds are really, really lovely at that time. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And in terms of this, like juxtaposition of energies. Could you talk about that a little bit? Like, 
I don't know, juxtaposing, for example, I always think it's a very rich area to think about like bleed and juxtaposition, like our bleeding time and juxtaposition with our ovulating time, right? And if you think of your cycle like a circle, right, it, they are kind of opposite to one another. Um, I think what you mean is, so I just, I think, are you saying like allocating the right energetics to the right time? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned that, you know, that's important with you in terms of honoring properties in relation to kind of their opposite properties. So, yeah. So in Chinese medicine, yin and yang are interdependent, right? So you can't, without the estrogenic or yin phase, there is no yang. So they can't, they're not exclusive. They're intertwined in this really delicate balance. And there is always an element of yang within yin and yin within yang. So when we think about putting um, this, this lens on hormonal balance, we start to kind of consider that, right? So that is why during the yin or follicular phase, we always start with people on seed cycling. So seed cycling, it's relatively, um, it's been around for a really long time, but it's starting to get a little bit more hyper-focused in terms of trials now. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we do is there's certain oils and nutrients that are precursors for the hormones that you need during the yin time and the yang time. Okay. So an easy way to um, think about this is that during the estrogenic phase, we suggest doing some ground flax. Um, the lignans in ground flax are really, really great for balancing the estrogen during the yin phase. Okay. And then obviously we need a little bit of pumpkin seeds here, which are really, really rich in zinc, mm-hmm. um, which we also need for the proper estrogen balance during the yin phase of the cycle. And then after ovulation, after you get that, that egg white cervical fluid, right? And you have a a confirmation that you have ovulated, you move into the yang time of your cycle. So we want to be able to support that progesterone as much as we can during that time. And then you would switch to a different seed set. So you would set, uh, switch to a seed set that was more about ground sesame and sunflower seeds at that point. And that would support that luteal phase. Yeah. And the, and not just the luteal phase, but how I'm understanding it it would also support the bleeding phase that is to come, right? It's kind of like, you've got your cycle, there's a circle with, let's say, inner winter, inner winter or the bleed time would be, um, the menstrual time would be on the, on the bottom, ovulation on the top, and then you've got your, your two supporting sides of that, right? Um, the yin yeah. and the yang of the kind of the building and the, the descending. Um, of the hormones and what you're doing there is going to support in either direction. Yeah. Those, those yeah. events of ovulation and bleeding as well. For sure. And we look at those midpoints that are really, those, those, those four points are really important. Then I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, what, what the period looks like and what that bleeding time looks like in winter is going to affect the whole entire cycle. Right. So it's, everything is a building block on the other phase. If you think about it. Right. Yeah. Well, just as like our periods, and I know that you believe this and Eastern medicine are a vital sign, right? So like if something's going wrong 
with blood or even, you know, if you miss a cycle or cycle is too long or cycle is too short or the blood has certain properties to it that it doesn't usually, like that's a sign that there is something off hormonally and that that could very well be in a completely other part of the site. It probably is somewhere else in the cycle that that's happening. Yeah. And that's what Chinese medicine does really well. Like we think about, um, qi stagnation and blood stagnation. We have some really great yin deficiency, yang deficiency. These are all diagnostic patterns that we use in fertility medicine, which are really, really powerful so that we can create that balance between yin and yang and qi and blood. And that's really, really important. That is cool. I mean, I think that that's so cool, not just in the lens of fertility medicine, but for like, for, for people that bleed to understand and be able to navigate in terms of their hormone balancing. Yeah, for sure. And if you have, if you think about it, if you think about it from the lens of what estrogen is doing in the body, right? So when we think about estrogen and estrogen dominance, um, and what those signs and symptoms are doing. So a lot of times when there's a transition, it's all about also not just the bleed, but also the transitions between these phases. Yes. So when you have symptoms like breast tenderness, headaches, mood swings, cystic acne, um, back pain, things like that, that's not okay. That's, that's a diagnostic sign to your point that something is out of balance and you need to figure out, okay, is my body not clearing estrogen properly? Do I need to start incorporating something that has, um, a way so that I can metabolize those, those estrogen metabolites better in my system. So do, do I need to put a deeper lens on that? Do I need to focus on that and see what's going on there? Yeah. It's really interesting. You brought that up then because I keep wanting to ask you and then forgetting to ask you some getting lost in, in what you're saying um, exactly about those transitions. So in menstrual cycle awareness, um, we call it the crossover days where you're moving from one inner season to another. And a crossover day oftentimes can be really characterized by some unrest. You know, I I've seen my crossover days in my cycle are normally when like it's kind of a day that is outside of the properties that I've been experiencing, right? So like I'll be humming along and be in a phase and kind of like have it down by the time you're getting to the end of that hormonal phase. And then it shifts, right? And it's like like a disruption kind of thing. And then you're fine again. Like I'm fine again, I should say. Um, And then I'm like, okay, right. Yeah, that was a crossover day. The way that I deal with it is to just like let go, like not white knuckle through and keep trying to be the same. Like that's right. Like, so make space for it. Just so yeah, my hormones are shifting. I might need to freaking sleep in the middle of the day now, <laughs> you know, after like going hard at something because I was in a part of my cycle where I, I was quite capable of doing that. Yeah, um, that's a great observation. And actually, when you start thinking about the yin to the yang in your cycle and thinking about counting it and tracking it in a different way, it's so empowering and so powerful. So, so powerful because then you start making notes and able to balance with the right nutrients, the right Chinese formulas, the right acupuncture at the right time. Um, and then those, those transitions that you're talking about don't become as earth or life shattering as mm-hmm. they are when you're not prepared. So 
I know you asked me if, if I felt comfortable talking about my cycle. And I think I have to say that it's the whole reason that I studied this medicine and the whole reason that I started the positive pregnancy project, because I just realized that there's a, it's not okay that we don't talk about our periods and it's not okay that everybody normalizes how much pain there is in these transitions and in this ovulation. And we suffer from such um, a tumultuous hormonal history throughout the month, which does not have to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so can you tell us then about your own experience, if that's your driving force, um, tell us yeah. about your relationship and history with your cycle? Yeah. So um, I was in the movie business for 25 years. So I was a camera, I was a camera assistant for a really, really long time. And it's kind of a rock and roll lifestyle. And it's... <laughs> Uh, yeah. And you're exposed to a lot of toxicity, um, physical, environmental, emotional toxicity for a really, really long time. And, um, when I had my period, when I started, um, it's not a very women's based women's centric world. Um, when I started a long, long time ago, um, and so my version of what my period looked like on a monthly basis was just, I had so much breast tenderness, I couldn't go running. I had to wear double jog bras. I was sick. I was bloated. I was exhausted the entire month. Oh. Um, and then on my, on my cycle day, on my first day, I would just throw up, hold the, hold the toilet. And then I would just pop a bunch of Advil and just trudge out the door to work. Right. And that was just like what I thought was normal for a really long time. Um, and then I had a very, very dangerous, um, tragic accident at work and it put me out for a while. And somebody taught me about Chinese medicine. And so while I was healing, um, the acupuncturist actually regulated my cycles. And I don't even know if he knew that he was doing that, but then it was like somebody had just pulled a veil um, like lifted a veil of awareness for me. So I had just been living in this environment and just going to work and my film film was my life for so long. And I didn't even know that there was this whole other side of healthcare that I had an option available to me. Yeah. Well, and also that like, it's that whole thing of the chicken and the egg, like your lifestyle doesn't sound like it was very supportive of being a cyclical natured person, a person that bleeds and that's going to have different energy levels and show up in different ways, right? If it was like hardcore, go, go, go. Um, and you always got to be the same. It's a, that's such a like masculine outward facing profession. It sounds like that you were in as well. Yes. And I still, I still see, I'm very camera, um, women loyal still, and I still see them and I see them live in this chaos and like really have to just accommodate the chaos and be enablers and not take any, um, responsibility or choices over their health because they don't really have any, it's very, very limited to your point. Um, and so that's when I got into fertility medicine and women's health. And I decided that I really, really wanted to change the narrative and be more proactive and just really try to serve a wider community, which is why 
again, I started building and creating courses that people can take so that you can learn about other choices about your health. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, it sounds like you're definitely on a mission to do that. I'm curious if you can explain to us a little bit how you honor your cycle now and your cyclical nature, like in the way that you run your business and run your life, you know, because you are on this mission and I'm sure have all kinds of speaking engagements and things and, you know, your courses and patients and, you know, who knows what else you've got going on. I'm sure you'll tell us, but how do you honor <laughs> that cyclical nature now and the way you're running yourself? Um, well, I have a couple of, a couple of hacks is, um, I have a pretty extensive medicinal garden. So I, um, I grow my own herbs and I grow my own greens. Um, so I support myself with different plants during different times of my cycle. Wow. Um, and then I'm a runner. So I, I, um, I, I usually, if I had my way, I would just run every day, but, um, during my period, I try to really not run. <laughs> so to be honest, like, I, I feel like I don't, I don't talk to talk as well as I could be doing, but like, I think, I think growing my own herbs, my own medicinal herbs has been a lifesaver. And I do do different types of teas, um, at cold brew teas during different types of times in my cycle. And that really, really helps a lot. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, I think you are probably walking the walk just by even being so acutely aware. And like you said, supporting yourself nutrition wise through it. Um, but I know it can be a schedule because we're in this really uh, young world, right? This kind of like yeah. masculine outward facing world. And so even like as female entrepreneurs that are like mission oriented there, there, we can still fall into that, like push, 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 go, 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 build, build, build all the time, regardless of the part of our cycle that we're in. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just also be honest here is like, <laughs> it really helps to have a full Chinese herbal pharmacy in your office, right? So it's, I bet. <laughs> we're able to like, be like, oh, like even my office coordinator, who's amazing is like, oh, I'm in the yin time. I'll just go get the yin, you know, do the yin formula. Right. <laughs> but for, but for that. people that can't do that, there is the seed cycling is a really, really powerful way to do this and to really, really honor your cycle throughout the month. And, um, and to just really reduce a lot of those symptoms that can right. be kind of really, really decimating to your work schedule, your life. So um, we see a lot of really, really good results with just even basic seed cycling can really support you. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to add that in to my practice. <laughs> That's it's super something it's that seems super, like actionable, you know? That yeah. Yeah. And it's super easy to do. We had a couple of really great patient hacks for this actually, where, um, they used a coffee grinder mm -hmm. and they would just make their seed, their yin seeds and their yang seeds. Yeah. And then just have them in glass containers or in a jar or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. It's cycle day 15. I better hit my young seeds, you know, and you can just put them. I mean, I'm pretty good at about, I just put them on my scrambled eggs or whatever in the morning. Okay. Um, and then I also make, um, I'll make a chia pudding 
um, with just chia seeds and um, coconut milk. And I use a lot of goji berries and mulberries too. But um, you can just use a different, a yin seed relative to a yang seed mix Mm -hmm. um, on your salad or on your food or it's, it's however you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Very cool. And you mentioned that you, that you make tinctures. So that's with the herbs that you're growing. Yeah. 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 And like oil-based or what, what are they like? What are your tinctures? I just take a couple of herbs and I just based on like what I, and I, I don't go crazy. Right. So it's just, it's not like I'm, I have an whole Chinese herb farm. I try to use things that I I've already known. Um, we use this growing up. I grew up on an Island. And so my mom always just had a medicinal herb patch that we just went to. So, um, just basically what I do is I either just kind of cut up the herbs and I'll put the, so that the oils come out on the food, or I'll just basically just cut up the herbs again and just put them in, um, water and put them in the fridge and just kind of label that jar. And I do a lot of cycling with my teas. So, um, that's kind of one of my personal hacks. I love that. I love that. Um, and do you like, I'm seeing what would be so useful could be like, and you mentioned that you, that you have a resource for our listeners. Um, but for these, like for your herb practice or even the seed practice, like, do you kind of overlay that on the cycle days? Like, do you have something that exists like that? Um, well, I have the seed cycling guide, which will tell, tell your listeners like what kind of seeds to do when, and what they're doing in the body. Um, I have yet to make one on my traditional teas just, well, just because it's, I'm trying to meet the entire nation where they are at. (laughs) Like some people don't have access to, like, I have a full garden so that I, so I don't have like, I mean, I have somewhere sitting around here, like one of those little indoor, like counter grower things, right? Amazing. Someone that really wanted to, I think you should please create the thing. I I will get (laughs) right on that. I will, I will do that right after I make a new electric car. Great. (laughs) Oh goodness. All right, cool. So, um, you mentioned, so you've got your practice and you're doing your Eastern medicine, um, but you're also creating courses. Yeah. So that you can help yeah. people in broader places. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really, really proud about that. That has, um, I've been trying to, I've been working on a course series for over two and a half years now. And, um, the one that I'm working on particularly is called the positive pregnancy project. And what that does is that creates a better, it's almost like putting yourself in baby boot camp right? So it's, okay. whoa, whoa. <laughs> sounds yeah. intense. No, um, but, <laughs> yeah, no, I like this blanket. Um, but it's about setting you and your partner up for a healthier, better, more balanced family life from the oh, beginning. Well, so good. what I find in my practice is that there's um, a lack of awareness around our cycles. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of awareness about what's going on and diagnostically what you can do about it. So the course goes through a series of modules that first teach you about your cycle. And then another hack about how to conceive 
faster by honing in on your fertile window and what that looks like and how to set your partner up for um, better sperm health overall. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of lightly touched on it, but also goes through um, kind of the xenoestrogens and exposure to toxins that can really, really slow your chances of conceiving, right? Yeah. So So can you tell us about that? I, I find that incredibly important. Yeah. So there's a great book. Um, you can also read it. It's called, uh, the countdown by Shauna Swan. She's amazing. Um, but she also talks about, um, she has all of the stats about how fertility has, is now, according to the world health organization is now, um, a, a matter of public public health concern. So it's, it's on a global level. Our chances of conceiving have been really, really challenged by exposure to toxins. And so when we think about xenoestrogens, these are uh, estrogens in the body that almost um, perform like a mimicry. They look very similar in the body to what estrogen looks like. And they park on some of the estrogen receptor sites on the cells. And they're almost like junk estrogens, like they're non-productive estrogens in the body, but they create um, a higher concentration of estrogens in the body. And so this is when you have somebody um, that has a lot of estrogen dominance, they will experience these very pronounced um, symptoms around their cycle and those transitions. Um, Mm -hmm. So specifically, we talk about... um, phthalates are particularly challenging for both the male and the female. Um, they create estrogen dominance and create a dysregulated estrogenic effect in females. And in males, they can lower um, testosterone and really, really compromise sperm counts, right? Mm-hmm. So we see phthalates a lot in um, laundry detergents, um, fragrance, fragrance um, soaps, have a lot of them in there. And then also bisphenol A, um, this has been in the news for a really, really long time, but that's that kind of thin single use plastic. Um, And um, there's been a lot of really great legislation worldwide about kind of slowing the production of those single use plastics, but they're still out there and they stay inside of your body for Um, I think it takes a really, the half-life is insane. It takes a really long time for your body to break them down if they can. And if they can't, they get passed on to the fetus. So, um, you you had mentioned before, like, uh, we don't have to call out the brand, but a very, very large coffee chains, like lids. Yeah. 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 I wonder what that so, one is. If anyone's um, <laughs> going through their coffee drive through bring your own to-go cup, like reusable one. Yeah. And, and another one is that, that neck scarf that you get of receipts from a very, very, very popular pharmacy, right? So that really, really long receipt yeah. that's covered in the plastic that just can get into your skin. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bring the the gloom and doom on. To no, this do not apologize for it. That is really, I had no idea. And that's very good to know. Yeah. So what would you suggest? Just like, hey, put it in the bag. <laughs> I mean, that. you know, I know this sounds crazy, but some people have, you know, Captain Obvious, have your receipt emails, right? And then there's yeah. like a receipt collector app that you can use. Um, You can yeah. take a photo of the app or the receipt when you get it. But um, back in the day when we just first started learning about using you know, estrogens in the office, like we had people just wear gloves. Yeah. I know it's nuts. It's like crazy, <laughs> but 
Go back to the days of driving but, gloves. Yeah, like those Very cotton classy. gloves. It's like, mm-hmm, hang on, I'm going yeah. into the pharmacy. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, I mean, you can just also really evaluate a lot of the um, beauty, the cosmetics that you put on. Anything with a fragrance is more than likely not your friend when you're trying yeah. to balance your cycle. Speaking of, you might have a strong opinion about this. I've got, um, you know, 13, almost 13 year old daughters, twins. And people will like gift us, like, I don't know if it's, you know, like, like fragrance sets. And I've noticed like in kids perfumes and now even in some like higher end perfumes, I'm just like, it's disgusting. I feel allergic to the smell. I've banned them from the house. And I was like a huge, like I loved designer perfume, like my whole life. And recently I've just been like gross, gross, gross. Like there's almost none that I can still wear. And I'm like, did I become too sensitive or did like the, the fake fragrance game change recently um, into something that's a lot more toxic and disgusting? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's recent, but. Well, you're. Um, your sensitivity to chemicals is there could be a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to ask. <laughs> I know. I've yeah. heard that too. We'll yeah. have to get on another call for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like it's also, it's like, listen to your body and listen to your senses and you probably more than likely should not be exposed to that thing. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I go, I, I go crazy. I I know I've like been to the mall in a year, like in the past 10 years I've been once, but right. when I do go, I'm like, I have such a bad feeling for like the person that has to spray the perfume in the air. I'm like, that poor person is irregular. They probably have irregular cycles. And so, I mean, I always tell a really crazy story to myself, but actually it's legit. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. Those, those are the kinds of things, but you can empower yourself by learning about what to um, eliminate in, in terms of your exposure at your home, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, that, what you just said about going to the mall, like, yeah, I was kind of wondering that if, if like just navigating daily life outside becomes treacherous for you <laughs> if you're like let me just become ah! yeah I mean and you it, have you that can, heightened awareness of like yeah and you can only do so much like it's, sure. it's like I just read about um vacuuming and dusting frequently and often just because all of your furniture is off gassing right all the time and I didn't even think about I like I didn't even think about that until I just I just read that because I was writing an article on it and I was like, oh, okay, that's and then another captain obvious thing is wash your hands. Just wash. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Which we all should be doing. But you can make conscious choices as a consumer too, right? So like these are kinds of things we need to all wake up on and really, really start paying attention to and not just going and like buying something online and having it delivered to the house and thinking about what that convenience looks like. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I have a question I kind of wanted to ask you earlier, and you kind of answered it in talking about your courses. Um, but so your thing is so cyclical based because it's so Eastern medicine oriented. Love all of that. 
Is it a struggle when you've got new patients coming to you to like understand and make that shift into like a cyclical awareness? Um, yeah, that is an amazing question. And, um, the short answer is absolutely yes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't live, you know, I think there's a, there's a great movie on this, um, called Koyano Skatsky and it, it just means life out of balance. Right. So to your point, we are living in such a sad departure from our presence in nature and that role of humans between heaven and earth. And we talk about this a lot in Chinese medicine. So what I try to do when I see somebody is I try to meet them where they're at in terms of what their connection and their relationship is or addiction um, is with their current life. And I really try to work on, I call it life by design, but I try to set them up and plan and prepare for this change, right? Because this is transformational to think about your life like this. And it's going to create positive change, but it's not easy in the beginning. So um, I find that I meet it with, I meet a lot of patients that are resistant to it also because it's really hard to like make space for yourself and stop and Um, but we try to make it easier with like meal guides and we have like, okay, here's the list of foods to eat at this time of the month. And this is the type of exercise you should be doing. And, and we always have a share group where we, we all report back and see like, oh, what worked, what didn't. So there's a lot of community feedback too, in our office, which really, really helps. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, so, you know, for anyone that's listening for the listeners, um, we're going to put all your contact information and where to find you in the show notes. So listeners, you can go there and um, engage with everything that Dr. Hohen is putting out there in the world, all these wonderfully important things. Can you tell us a little bit about the offer that you have for our listeners exclusively? Yeah. So there's two offers that I'm going to be sending you um, for linking in the show notes. So one is the get pregnant guide and the one is the seed cycling guide. So these are two ways the get pregnant guide is more about cycle tracking. So it's just a really, really nuts and bolts practical guide for how to do this. It's a very complicated thing, but like, don't freak out. We've got a guide and then (laughs) I I will be using that guide by the way. first download. I love it. I love it. Um, and then we have a seed cycling guide, which is teaching you what seeds to, um, use for what time of the month to amplify the right energetics based on your cycle. That's so cool. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for offering. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited. We got to talk today. Thanks for making it happen. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This is Carrie, and I just wanted to drop in quickly to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and head on over to www.28ish.com to sign up for our newsletter. And remember, your cycle is more than your period. Bye!